Hello, once again. Uh, this is season two, in air quotes, of the Cernia Indie Night podcast. Uh, I've decided to do more of these since they were kind of well-received. Uh, in this one, I have Mike Gallant, uh, or Gallant. I don't know how he... I, I pronounce it that way. He can pronounce it however. It's his name. Uh, so, yeah. Another lockdown we're currently in. Um, shitty. I guess it is what it is. Uh, I think I think everybody who ever listens to this, you know, what, whether your argument is for or against or whatever, let's just start thinking critically. Uh, not to turn this into anything political, but... Bill Gates doesn't want to inject inject you with a fucking vaccine to control you. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, uh, literally. And if you think that, you should be ashamed of yourself. And, like, come on. Anyway, enough about that shit. I hope everyone's doing well. Uh, There's more of these to follow. Um, This interview was done on the phone. We didn't... uh, we didn't get together, obviously, because of, well, time, and then obviously because of the current shit going on. So, anyway, hope you enjoy. Uh, check out Mike. Check out his stuff on Spotify. I'll link that in the description. Um, yeah, I guess that's it. Hey, Harold. Sorry about the technical difficulties. I'm I'm here now. <laughs> Okay, awesome. <laughs> this was a little bit of a pain, a little bit of a pain in the ass, a little bit harder than I thought it would be. That's yeah. okay. <laughs> that's all right. Uh, yeah, no problem. Uh, so Mike Gallant, I'm pronouncing that right, correct? Yeah. Gallant? Or well, there's a little bit of Cape Breton in there too. You could say Gallant too. That's how my dad's. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm I not from. Wondering. I'm not. I'm from North Bay originally, and my my dad's from uh, from the. My dad was born in the East Coast, but we're n- we don't have an accent. He just likes to use it all the time. Oh, okay. So did you did you grow up in Sarnia then? I grew up in North Bay, actually. I, I was uh, I lived in North Bay for the first 25 years of my life. Went to college there, and uh, met my wife there. And then we moved to her, her family's from Petrolia, so we moved to Petrolia in 2008. So I've been here for yeah 13 years now. Okay. Yeah. So okay. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a recent addition to to Sarnia Lampton. Okay. And uh, like so, North back in North Bay, were you were you do, playing the like, the local music scene there? Yeah, so I probably I started playing guitar in uh, 2003, like solely as a vehicle to uh, to impress women, to impress the opposite sex, which <laughs> and, and it didn't work at all. <laughs> it only, I think that's the driving force for most people. Yeah, it only worked once, and that she's my wife now, so. <laughs> Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, that's good. Yeah. So I don't know. I was That was 03. I went to college in 04. I met a bunch of cool dudes there and played a lot of guitar and just, you know, like started learning cover tunes and that kind of stuff. And uh, I played I played pretty consistently for those first couple years and then had a couple really intense conversations with, uh, with some really – with some musicians who I really respect. Like, I was really fortunate up in North Bay to be kind of surrounded by – a bunch of really, really good musicians like Kaylee Campbell yep. and um, my buddy Johnny Fairman and uh, Ben Herman. And I remember, I think it was with Ben Herman, we were in Huntsville of all places having a beer at a at a pub on the docks. And I was talking to him about like, 
I wasn't feeling like I was progressing much, uh, like like playing guitar or whatever. And I felt yep. a lot like uh, like I was kind of pigeonholed. And he was like, "Dude, you got to start writing songs." Like, what are you doing? And I was like, "I know, I want to write songs, but I just get so angry." And he's like, "Who ca- who cares if you're angry? Write it down, make it into a song." Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I started doing that, and that was uh, yeah, that was probably the summer of '06 where I actually started like writing and. And then um, it took a while to like record it all, but yeah, I've I've been uh, sorry, I, I kind of lost the train of thought. Was I involved in the music scene in North Bay? I guess that was yeah, yeah. But you're kind of you were yeah, you were kind of getting to I guess to where you are now, kind of, which is good. Yeah, um, yeah. I, so it took a while for me to get established in the North Bay music scene, and by and I mean established with like air quotes. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I played. I I was fortunate. I used to work at this pub downtown, and I got in good with the guy that booked acts, and he ended up tossing me a gig on like the off nights, like the Wednesday nights or the Thursday nights or whatever, and yep. uh, and so. I kind of cut my teeth that way and then after a while he was like okay well you're pretty good so he'd give me like a thursday night or the odd friday night and uh i know if i felt like i had a little bit of momentum going there and this was all right around the time that would have been like 2007 2008 and then we moved in october 2008 and came to sarnia and I remember okay. coming to Sarnia and being like, oh, I got to, I don't know anybody here. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then like trying to tell people like, hey, I play guitar and sing and I'd love to get a gig somewhere. And I've been doing it for a couple of years and I can play a bunch of songs and yeah. everybody just being like, oh, that's cool. Um, <laughs> I, I don't I don't know what to tell you. So, yeah, yeah, it's Sarnia is an odd place to, I mean, like, I feel like in, in your situation, you got to just start out playing you almost gotta go backwards and, and start over with covers if you're oh yeah you know. and that's certainly what i did and and you know what i never really got a foothold in it we've been we've been in petrolia now for uh 10 years 11 years or something like that we we did live in sarnia for the first like year that we live that we moved back home um, and we actually lived in the Kenwick, which was sick because it's like the mm-hmm. sweetest location in Sarnia. And mm-hmm. we were right downtown and I got to, I used to go play open mic every Sunday at ups and downs and just oh, trying yeah. to get to know people, you know, and I would go to pocket yeah. round too for open mic nights too. And I met like Brody and Tim Anderson oh, yeah. and all the local guys like back then, Marty, uh, Marty O'Black. And, yeah. uh, yeah, I don't know, like got a kind of, got a, a feel for the music scene anyways, but it kind of, I wouldn't say it was oversaturated. I would just say people were already established, you know? Yeah. And yeah. if you weren't going to be like the best, which I for sure wasn't, I was just like essentially another guy with a bit of passion hammering away on an acoustic guitar. I didn't really have yep. anything to set myself apart from other guys that were just doing like Sam Roberts covers for the last three years and everybody knew the song and then they'd all start dancing and it'd be like, I just... I just played a bunch of songs and nobody was dancing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's an odd. It's uh, Sarnia's a really odd place for music. Uh, there's a ton of great musicians here, oddly enough. But uh, I, um, you know, the vast majority of bands are cover bands. I don't know the the indie nights uh, events that I was running last year. They are yeah, last year. Uh, I I I guess they kind of really showed me that there's a there are a ton of like 
original musicians in the area and a lot more than I thought or knew of. So I think that was a really, as soon as I saw Sarnia Indian nights, I thought that was a really, really cool idea. And I was like, man, uh, why hasn't this been going on for the past like yeah. 15 years? You know, you know what? I think it's, uh, I, there's, in my opinion, there's always kind of the mindset that, um, it's it wasn't a sarnia thing uh the original music scene um and and i i'd only put that that event together like prior to covid i think we had you know that was just past our one year mark our last event was march of 2020 and we had just you know that was one year in um and basically it started because I play in a band and I was like, where are we going to play? We play original music and it was, I booked a show and I was like, I had been thinking about doing this for a while because, uh, uh, you know, um, other cities have similar things and, uh, yeah, it just, it seemed to work out and there's definitely a market for it. So I'm not sure why it didn't happen before. Maybe just no one wanted to, or I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, and, and there's, I feel like for all of the live music stuff that goes on in Sarnia, which there is some, you know, like there's some, mm -hmm. and those are, and that's great. And man, you know how amazing it is to have any support at all. Like I'm so fortunate out here in uh, Petrolia with the local businesses that I can like, are really cool and book me all the time. And I can basically like, sometimes <clears throat> I can turn gigs away, you know, pre pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was really, really fortunate. Petrolia is really cool too. Like we've got, it's small and there's like, everybody knows everybody. And if you're going to go out and play at the pub, people start, it's the same thing. Like it, I kind of was able to establish myself, but I had a whole, there was a whole period in between whatever, 2009 and 2017 where I really, uh -huh. I had two kids and my professional career started to develop a little bit more. And I, uh, I focused on that, and I'm still really focused on that, too. I'm really, really fortunate to have a really good job. And uh, so, I mean, there was a period of time where I kind of stepped away from it. But now it seems yeah. like it's kind of changed, and especially with you guys in, uh, doing the Sarnia Indie Nights thing, too. I feel like there's people have their, like, kind of their ear to the ground around here, and more people are kind of interested in the whole local movement. Anyways, and again, air quotes, you know, people, people like to support something that they can and put their stamp on and i think you see that with like refined fool and imperial city yeah. and and all that kind of yeah. stuff and that's sick man that's that's what that's like that's the way forward if we're going to survive from the walmart monsters who are going to destroy everything <laughs> in the end yeah absolutely yeah like the last few events uh i want to say like the last three or four were i know the last two were definitely sold out and then the two prior i think were sold out almost sold out like short maybe five tickets so it, 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 yeah it started to grow it's too bad you know unfortunately uh it is what it is but i guess kind of back to you 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 released an album um in <laughs> did, was it I, i'm not sure on the timeline but was it prior to covid or was it during or okay so when, i'm gonna i'm gonna back up a little bit so go um, for it 
from 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 whatever that period of time from from say 2010 2009 2010 i did record an album with a buddy of mine who was a producer in london and that was okay. it was uh, a six track ep and it was all the songs that i'd kind of written while i was in north bay and then wrote a few when i moved to sarnia too and it was i was just trying to kind of capture that those songs because you know i don't know if you you feel the same way as a musician too but like you write a song sometimes and if you feel like it's not recorded or whatever it's in your way like you yeah you want to like you, i wanted to get them out of the way so that i could let more stuff in kind of right yep and uh it's like super it's 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 a now i listen to it and i i'm proud of the music i'm proud that i i made it but it's kind of funny like it's it was during like a conservative era and i don't know i was really politically motivated and just just like just and so not subtle at all just like screw yeah. you government and yeah um but there's i don't know if there's something kind of cool about that and and kind of precious too i, I didn't kill my darlings right like i i let yeah. i let that fly and it's still out there in the in the whatever out in the world i actually got called out on a song this week with some lyrics that didn't age well on it, which is oh really well yeah which is hilarious to me but anyways so so that what, what was that an acoustic? Sorry to cut you off. Was that an acoustic album as well? Uh, yeah, it's acoustic. It's all the all the all the rhythm is acoustic, and uh, we did some really cool stuff. We actually recorded it in my basement at my first house, which okay. was it was pretty cool. We had uh, Ben Fraser coming to bring a full drum kit in, and uh, we did it in like two weekends. It was it was awesome, actually, a really cool experience. My buddy Ben Leggett from North Bay, incredible producer. He's uh, he's been nominated for a Juno, and um, oh really? Wow. Yeah, he's got a really diverse portfolio. He's 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 awesome. Wow. And uh, he kind of, he was the kind of guy that lit the fire under me to do it in the first place. And I'm glad yeah. I did it. it. It was, yeah. And it was, yeah, at a tough time. Like, again, man, you know what it's like having kids. Everything's stressful. And it, yeah. was at a, it was at a stressful time in our lives when I didn't really need to be doing it. And I couldn't afterwards really go out and support the record either. Like, I couldn't really go out and, um, I don't know, like go out and play or whatever. I just didn't have the the capital to invest in in instruments and a PA and all that kind of stuff, like to be right. the guy that goes out and plays shows. Right. So, so again, that kind of goes back to the whole developing my professional career and and just kind of hanging out with kids and not really doing too much and saving up and trying to figure out my next move. And then, mm -hmm. uh, and and also, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Some complacency too, you know, like some, mm -hmm. just whatever. You sometimes you don't know what you got until it's gone. And that brings me to like around January 2017, where I was on my way to work and I crashed my car into a hydro pole. The, I lost control oh, on a county road, and mm -hmm. I crushed my left wrist. And I had to get like oh, wow. three surgeries done, and I got like. <laughs> A plate put in there and like 14 pins and a skin graft and I was out off work for like seven weeks and wow went right before I went in for the surgery I asked the doctor if I was ever going to play guitar again and he he straight up looked at me and he was like I don't know dude and I was like wow. this sucks like this yeah. is the worst <laughs> <laughs> that is terrible yeah so um yeah and it took a bit so that was January 2017 and I don't know felt sorry for myself for couple months and was on painkillers and the whole thing and it, it sucked it just there was it was a really dark kind of period 
Yep. And during the whole time, I was like, man, I've really got to play some. Like, when I when I when my hand starts to feel better, I am going to play the shit out of the guitar. And, uh, and I've just kind of made a promise to myself, like, now is the time. Don't ever sit back on your laurels. Like, go for it. And yeah, so, a lot of people don't get that. I mean, uh, I play in a band with some, you know, I, we all get along great. But I mean, there's times when, and I'm guilty of it too, but it's just like, ah, we'll do it next week. And then, you know, I, you kind of have to, I think especially as a musician, when you're that's not your full-time gig, or like even in a, a situation the whole world's in right now, nobody can do anything. You, you can't really take the, the opportunity for granted. And I, I think... Uh, a lot of musicians do that or you know they'll uh, we'll do it tomorrow or something like that you know yeah totally and and i was as guilty of it as anybody and it really really sucked when when it got taken away from me like really badly like i'm like yeah. kind of choked up talking about it now like it sucked and when you got back into playing like uh, so you said roughly seven months did you did you have to kind of relearn how to play guitar like could you play again or was it were you just really was it like being really rusty um, so it was January, the accident happened and I think I was trying to like form chords by like May, like just trying to, cause I was in physiotherapy too. And, yeah. uh, it like, because it, it was such a traumatic, uh, break or whatever they call it. I had like compartment syndrome. So it like swelled up or whatever. And when they, oh, yeah. when they did this, the, the surgery, like I had like, basically I had like an open hole on my arm Oh, for, so I had to stay in the hospital for like a week. And, uh, so yeah, like there was a lot of healing to do. Right. And it wasn't just mm -hmm. range of motion. It was strength training. And I've got like a bit of uh, residual nerve damage in there. Like my, I, really fine tactile stuff like doing up a button or picking a dime off a table i still struggle with so wow. like I, so i mean before i was a little bit ham-fisted and now i've got a good excuse <laughs> yeah you know what i mean yeah but uh yeah i think it was probably around may of 2017 i had I, I remember the first the first day i had buddies here who were staying here for the long weekend and uh i just picked up the guitar and i started playing um escape is at hand by the traveling man or for the traveling man by the hip and mm. just started playing those that power chord that power e minor and it's got like a little uh minor major switch and i just kept playing it over and over again and i was like man it doesn't feel that bad i may i should try to play the whole song and sing it and after the mm. end of it they were both like okay first of all that was way too loud it's like midnight and your kids are sleeping <laughs> <laughs> and then they were like i don't know it was like one of those moments like that the lights all kind of shone a little brighter and I felt it in me and I was like, okay, I'm back. I can do this. I, I, enough feeling sorry for myself. And like straight up, like by the end of May, I was booking gigs and I was, that was it. That was the end of it. I was like, screw this. I'm not, not sitting back anymore. I'm booking gigs. And then, so that was like, there was probably like three intense, well, two intense years of, of, of just playing like every weekend, if I could, at like Krabby Joe's or wherever the hell, man, like, yeah, just picking up anything and everything I could a couple mm -hmm. nights a week and just getting back into the rhythm of it all and, you know, meeting up with people and then in the process, writing a few songs here and there and starting to feel good about it. And then so, yeah, to get back to 
Sorry, that was a long uh, interlude. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> but to get back to, you asked me about recording the album in 2020. It's funny. I yeah. recorded. I started recording in August of 2019 with Mike Mackay, who so you've had on the yeah. uh, the thing before. I listened to that episode too. That was great, by the way. Mike's hilarious. Mike's a good guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was. I I really like that. That's, and Mike, if you're listening, what's up, buddy? Um, <laughs> I uh, I started recording with him in August of 2019, and uh, we I had I had the idea for the whole project. I had all the songs written, and he had kind of seen my vision too. And it was more mm -hmm. a matter of like scheduling and all that. Like again, busy lives. They, both of us are busy. Mike's a really busy guy. Yeah. And uh, so, but yeah, we we found enough time to hammer out nine songs, and I think it was done by January of 2020. And then, okay. and then it was like, oh man, I got to plan this big CD release. Let's get some CDs printed and, you know, like have <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah. Right. And yeah. we had it, we had the CD release party scheduled March 29th, Patty Flaherty's. We had, I had a three piece band who was going to be with me and an acoustic opening act. And I was like, it was ready to go. And then boom, plug pulled boom. done. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah, <laughs> that really sucks, man. <laughs> so you're so you're sitting on. Are you sitting on a bunch of uh, uh, CDs right now? Like uh, I've sold. I don't know. I've sold. I I I haven't sold all of the ones that I printed, but uh, I've mm -hmm. I've done for for what this year's been, and for um, how shitty it was for everything to be canceled. I honestly. I was really fortunate. I, I have a lot of really good friends and people around me that I was, I felt the support. Like, I don't know. It's a weird, releasing music's a weird thing now anyways. Nobody really has a CD player, right? No, yeah, uh, absolutely right. And because uh, we released our EP uh, March 7th of last year, and then the, a week later, everything was shut down. So we only we only played one, and uh, we struggled with the idea of like, well, do we release a CD, you know, like a physical copy of this? Maybe even th we thought about vinyl and uh, whatever. We just kept it with digital, and I mean, it's done well, surprisingly, you know. Is yours is Circle the City, right? Yeah. Is it on Spotify? Does it have two Y's at the end of it? It. Uh, yeah, it does. It, it does because there when so when we initially started the band uh, and we put stuff material on Spotify, there was actually at one time another band out of like Philadelphia called Circle the City. Right. And so uh, I don't know how Spotify's algorithms work, but if it doesn't matter if it's uh, a completely different band, if you have the same name with same spelling, it lumps all on, into the original one, and that's what happened. So for Spotify. And like Apple Music and streaming services, we have an extra Y on it. Okay, I wasn't I wasn't like trying to throw shade. I was just I listen. No, no, no. I listened to I listened to a bit of it, and I was like, yeah, okay. But I wasn't sure if I was listening to the right band or not. But yeah, it sounded pretty yeah, tight. Yeah. Well, thank you. We, I recorded that in my basement. Awesome. And then, uh, yeah, and then Mike McKay's mixed it, uh, and then he had Siegfried Meyer master it. Wicked. Yeah. No, it sounds good. Yeah. I didn't get. I didn't yeah. really get a chance to dig into the whole thing because again, I wasn't sure if I was. If I was listening to yeah, the that, right thing or not. <laughs> no, that's okay. But, like, yeah, I think it, it, it was odd, though, because, like you said, uh, it's kind of a weird time. Like, we were fortunate. Obviously, streaming is a little bit different than having to sell CDs, but uh, I think our EP is sitting at, like, around 55,000 streams right now Dude, that's in amazing. a year. And, we, and, like, we played some of the songs at shows prior to our release, but, I mean, we literally played one show in support of it. And then, you know, so uh, 
I think uh, for bands or musicians now, like, you know, the internet, Facebook, Instagram is a big, really great way of doing uh, free marketing. And I see, like, you do, do you do, like, a Saturday night jam thing? You jam with someone else? Yeah, I was doing it as just kind of like a thing. It was, like, a little bit... Uh... I was bored and I needed something to do and I've got a, like a bunch of buddies like I said that all play guitar and a lot of guys yeah. that I grew up playing with so I just wanted to do I just wanted to like seriously just like pretend like I was having a couple drinks with some of my friends and play some tunes and we kind of made it feel like that this I don't know man streaming you know what like let's just be honest the pandemic sucks and like this, it does it absolutely does man <laughs> like I mean me playing on Facebook yeah it's fine or whatever but none of the I watch it back and I'm like the audio quality these garbage it doesn't sound a thing like friggin me sitting in a room playing guitar or any of my buddies that signed up to do it with me uh well and then there's the the whole you know the whole thing about playing live is you know obviously the sound is one thing but it's the whole uh interaction and and you know uh vibing off of an audience if there is an audience you know and you, you lose something absolutely because we thought about doing the live stream thing too and i was like i don't know i'd I don't want to fucking do it. Like it wasn't, it just didn't appeal. And I, so I don't know. I, it's cool to see that you're doing that. It's just, I mean, it's gotta be weird. I did one. So I did one that, I, cause I was again, like sick of everybody was sick of sitting around. I'm not any different than anybody else. But, um, when, when I re went to release the CD, it took me like, you know, like a month or two of like taking in a deep breath and going like, holy shit, I'm not going to be able to perform these songs to anybody for like a year. And then, yeah. um, so I did actually the best, the best one that I got to do was a live stream. I did, and I played like every song off of the album and I did like a, a little explanation for each song and all that. And that was pretty well received. I had a bunch of people on there watching it. But I mean, the other thing too is, man, it's on Facebook. It's like, not like people didn't, people are just scrolling through their thing and they're like, <laughs> oh, there's my buddy, you know, like, yeah, it's fucking, I, it's hard. It's a hard thing to to get excited about and i you know what for for all the bitching i'm doing about it right now it, it did give me a sense of community and like reading the comments and talking to all my friends and stuff i super again i can, i'm i am grateful for the for the people that that uh, support me and uh, and I'll, honestly i've I, I, I shouldn't really complain. And I actually was fortunate enough to play a couple times live this summer, like socially distanced outside on a stage a million miles away from everybody. And right. uh, I did sell some CDs or whatever. And I think, yeah. Harold, I think maybe what I'm going to start doing moving forward, I think like merch, like I never really thought about merch, but like merch, you can make some money off of selling merch. It's great. So we also did like for our EP release, uh, we did a run of t-shirts and I want to, I forget what we paid into it. Like, let's say maybe 300 bucks and they were good there. The quality was good. We, I think we played Toronto the night before our EP release in Sarnia and then Sarnia the next night. And we took, uh, 10 shirts to Toronto and then we had like, uh, 15 or 20 left we sold all but five and like we made our money back and then some it's a, definitely a great investment and a lot of bands don't do it yeah well i mean let's be straight up the streaming services is not gonna give you any <laughs> no. sort of revenue like i mean i'm at yeah i don't even know i don't even i stopped counting the streams because i don't really because it's just depressing and it, it is and it's not because it's like oh i'm not my music's not getting out there it's just more like because 
you, you, I invested in this. And that's I, another thing I don't think people get is like recording's expensive and like to do mm -hmm. it to actually pursue this, like it's, it's, it's not a cheap undertaking. And, no, it's uh, not. and I'm not saying that to, to like beg for, for money at all. That's not where, that's not where I'm coming from. I'm just saying like, when it's kind of insulting with streaming services when you when you get a check for 29 cents you know what i mean it's mm -hmm. like wh why yeah. would you even bother giving me this costs you more in paper to send this damn thing right right it's yeah it's a, it's a pretty messed up system they have it is it's a double-edged sword and that's not to say man like i could have printed uh cds 20 years ago and still not sold any of them like it's it's mm -hmm. what it is what it is i'm just I, i'm just commenting on it i'm not i'm not griping about it but no i think i th i think a lot of people would agree with what you have to say about that though i mean uh the artist cut from streaming is is dick all and it's i mean I mean, I, there's a whole other side of it where you're like, uh, yeah, that sucks that you don't really get paid for it. But at any place in the world, somebody can hit a button on the thing that's in their pocket and you can play your music. Right. So, and I was going to say that. So the, the good thing about streaming is, though, and a lot, maybe um, I think hopefully more musicians realize this is, you know, your. Yeah, absolutely. Your music is accessible to anybody. And uh, the great thing about Spotify is like uh, it it has this algorithm will, where it'll suggest an artist based on what you already listened to. And like your music, uh, Mike Gallant's music could fall. Mine could, you know, so people are hearing that not just from looking you up on Spotify, but also uh, what you're, what you're listening to as well. So that's, I mean, you, that's something is that's invaluable. I think, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There, there is that. I mean, I just, I don't know. I don't honestly, I'm a little bit cynical about the whole thing. Like, I, how much do you trust the data that they they send you back on the thing? And I used a third-party proprietary software to do it, so like, mm. it's already going through another set of hands. And I don't know, yeah. I don't know how accurate the data. I don't really know, but I, but I do know that if you press the button on your phone, it plays. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. That is, it is cool. But it's tough. Uh, to, it's tough to not be, I don't know, somewhat cynical. No, no, you're absolutely right. I think, I think for a lot of musicians, I think, you know, uh, people that want to go, okay, I want to do this full time. It really becomes, well, how can I afford to do this? You know, like I, I think, like I'm fortunate enough to have a good job as well, and I couldn't just give up my job to go tour and make, you know, like in in two and a half years of having music on streaming services i think we've made 50 dollars pretty sweet though you're happy with that 50 bucks. <laughs> well i mean that would pay that would pay for like a, a happy meal amongst the band or something you know it get you half the gas to windsor and back that's true do you ever i don't know i like i listen to a lot of musicians talk all the time like on podcasts or whatever and like straight up uh, if you're gonna play music for a living you better know how to hustle you better know how to like absolutely you better you and you better be good at it and you better be ready to sacrifice like everything including time away from the people that you love to go pursue yeah. the thing that it is that you love to do and i mean like wouldn't i at this in the same breath as you're saying it and i'm i feel like i kind of think i i don't know you that well but i feel like i can understand what you're saying there when you're like i can't give it up or whatever because i got a good job or nobody could nobody could really do that but isn't it kind of what you want to do like in the back of your Absolutely. head like isn't this all you want i would yeah. i would i would love to do it and like songs would, like I mean, turn the page from bob seeger make me mad because he's bitching about being on the road i'm like dude i would do yeah. anything to be on the road but just experience it once anyway 
you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. chase an album down, do a North American, open up for one of the bands that you really love, something like, I don't know, just to yeah. have a chance to do it sometime, but it's the guys think, that it's the guys that pursue art as a vocation and again yeah. that's like a hard thing to do you got to you 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 got to focus on it like it's well you have to be so multifaceted now cuz it's not just about writing music it's also i think i mean you almost have have to have a marketing degree if you're an independent artist because you don't have the big push of a label behind you with with money for ads and whatnot you have to also, you know, I would say at least 50%, if not more, w- should be towards marketing your your product. Yeah. And that takes a, you know, how much time does that take? Up? Like, you know, I, I luckily I have three other people in my band, but like as a solo artist, you're not only writing the music, trying to record it, blah, blah, blah. You're also uh, being the one in charge of marketing and, and worrying about that. <laughs> How much I mean, how much time does it take up? I mean, not a lot of my time because I'm terrible at it. So. <laughs> uh, well, and, and so am I. Really, like I mean, we do Facebook ads and shit, and they work. But I mean, I couldn't tell you the first thing about it to be honest. Like, yeah, I'm kind of like a one trick pony when it comes. I like writing songs. Like I don't I don't know. It's again, and that comes goes back to being like, how good are you at hustling? How good are you, how much are you willing to sacrifice to to do it? Right? Like I'm yeah. willing to sacrifice to a degree, but I mean, yeah. I there's some stuff that I like. I I gotta keep the lights on. I gotta keep my kids yeah. fed. I can't. Yeah. I can't not yeah. have that. <laughs> yeah, I've thought about it at times. Like my wife has a pretty good job too, so I'm lucky. But like I, I'm at times I've been like, well, we could probably just live off your salary for a year. I could go. I could go tour and like send you ten bucks every every month or something. Like I don't know, but I, it, it's crazy. It would be great. Uh, so back to your album. So uh, you released uh, Wild and Free. It's called. Yep. Right. Uh, in in 2020, uh, what I mean, I guess you haven't really been playing. What are do you have plans on following that up with another? Yeah, actually, it's I'm funny you talking. ask. I was in. Uh, uh, so I just give Wild and Free a plug. I I'm really proud of it. I think it came across really well. I don't think we really. Um, I think Mike is a great, great producer, and he Absolutely. saw he saw basically my vision, and kind of came came with his ideas to to the table. And I, at the end of it, he was like, "Well, you co-produced the thing. You should put yourself down as co-producer." I was like, "Dude, you did. He does so. He's a magic man, and he uh, is. And I, I can't I can't praise him enough. And I think like I'm super super proud of the work that we did. Now that being said. I'm an artist too, to a degree. So there's some stuff that drives me nuts on it because I'm like, I would change, you know, I try not to listen to it too much because some of the stuff gets in my head and I'm like, man, I really wish we would have nailed this one part or, you know what I mean? Like I, I, you're, you're always your own worst critic though. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, yeah. The, the, the album's got a lot of songs on it. I, I, I feel like for the first time I wrote a bunch of songs that I was like, um, what I wanted to say came across and not like a kid yelling at the government. You know what I mean? Not like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What I wanted to say was kind of like, I don't know, I kind of, I'm, I'm, I've been working on my writing, like my lyrics and just writing in general. I've been working on it pretty steadily for a couple years now and just trying to understand where to push words and how to phonetically fit things into a chord structure and that kind of stuff and so yeah i'm just again just to give it a little bit of a, a plug yeah absolutely we can, we can talk about it all you want actually i was uh meaning to talk about it more uh 
um, who, who are, uh, I think, you know, musicians, obviously, uh, they, they're always inspired by other musicians. Who were some of the artists or bands that inspired some of the songs on this album? Oh man. Um, well, I'm a diehard, a diehard hip fan. So okay. I take a lot of my, uh, I like take a lot of my notes from uh, Gord Downey's style of songwriting, but I, I'm 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 also like a big I'm also a diehard Hawksley Workman fan. And, okay. Um, I haven't heard that name in quite a while. Yeah, no, I like he's probably he's probably my favorite songwriter, and just I think uh, what I what I appreciate about him is that he uh, he his form is how, whatever he wants his form to be for that song. He doesn't subscribe to any sort of style or whatever. Yep. He's in and yeah. out of genre, and uh, and he does it just so well. And I like his voice a lot too. Um, but like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I've, I'm inspired by uh, like all the big classic. Like Springsteen is a big influence on me, and uh, George Harrison, and um, yeah, I, I, I also like I cut my teeth trying. Remember we were talking earlier? I was still, yeah, I want I like playing guitar because I wanted to pick up chicks essentially yeah uh, yeah so I like cut my teeth playing like old cheesy Dave Matthews songs and like Jack Johnson <laughs> and like all that so I always feel like that always comes out a little bit in my guitar but not to say that I write like insane chords like Dave Matthews but I I do have a percussive style of playing and it's kind yeah. of turned into my form you know where yeah. like um when I when I do play that's that's how it comes across I'm not again my my hand is my left hand isn't a, it ain't as good as it used to be so uh I, I I'm I'm I I think I'm more of like a rhythm but like a percussive rhythm player and that comes across yeah. pretty well on the album too on tunes like nostalgia and uh, lacks empathy I think the the translation of again and that's what I was getting at earlier like what I wanted to say not just lyrically but also musically came across right. really well and Mike captured it really well too so yeah I'm I'm really I'm I'm proud of it um, it was it was a, it was a long project and we got it done and and it never got toured it never it never really got to see the light of day but that um i had some really talented local sarnia musicians on it too i had uh jen brace come and sing backup vocals with me and I, she's a really good singer oh my goodness if you've never heard jen brace play or sing before you do yourself a favor and if yeah. she if she ever get to see her live which i don't know if you will or not you probably will at some point she's unreal yeah i've heard her she is really good and I have Mikey Beauchamp play bass, and he's the lead guitarist for the Gypsy Flats, who's, yeah. in, in my opinion, one of the better cover bands in southwestern Ontario. They definitely are, yeah. I've actually, um, I've actually tried because I know they do some original stuff too, and uh, uh, I've actually been trying to get them. Like when when I started the Indie Nights thing, they were actually one of the first bands I reached out to because I I was I knew they'd played some original stuff, and I was like. I knew they had a good following, so I was hoping to get them out, but never uh, worked out. Oh, man. Yeah, well, we should make that I'll come play the night that the Gypsy Flats guys play. <laughs> deal, deal. <laughs> yeah, no, he's the, he was unreal. He's, he plays a big Rickenbacker bass. Yeah. And uh, he... he, he uh, his fingers are... I don't even know how to describe it. Dude. There's a song... Did you ever hear... Did you ever hear any of his uh, of his stuff from his band Tub? Tub, yeah. So, when, like, when I first moved to Sarnia, and again, living at the Kenwick or whatever, one of my good buddies who I worked with was like uh, the drummer in Tub. 
Okay. So, okay. so uh, he, he actually would take me out. I think I opened up for Tub one night, actually. Oh, at yeah. uh, at Fat Moe's, you remember Fat Moe's? <laughs> Fat Moe's, I sure do. Yeah, <laughs> I got to open up for Tub Fat Moe's. I saw someone doing cocaine off a garbage can behind <laughs> Fat Moe's once. That's <laughs> for anybody that doesn't know Fat Moe's. That's the kind of bar it was. Yeah, so. it was all right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was a good little dive. They always had good musicians in there, though. Yeah, uh, what was the capacity in that place like? 30? Oh fuck, like th- yeah. Honestly, I was gonna say fifty, but thirty might have been more like. Like, you couldn't move when you walked in there. Oh, it was tiny. It was sweet. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah, my buddy was the drummer in that band, and actually his brother, Ben, played drums on my first record. Okay. Uh, so that was pretty cool. And I had a guy who I used to go out to this uh, jam night out in, out in Blue Point. He's an, uh, an uh, how am I going to say this diplomatically? He's an older guy, uh, mm-hmm. Jeff Weaver. Um, he's just like, I don't know, you could, he, he's like a metronome you could set your watch to him and i was like i gotta get somebody solid on drums and uh Mm -hmm. jeff came in in the 11th hour and he showed up and he got it done in one session and we were we were happy with it and so thanks to jeff for playing on the drums and i hope i'm not forgetting anybody hold on a second harold Uh... oh yeah caitlin mason too she plays in uh like the uh Southwestern Ontario Symphony Orchestra or the Sarnia Symphony Orchestra or whatever. She played violin. Oh, and okay. she Never. she did an unreal job. And then I had uh, my wife's cousin Jesse Vanderwall do the album art and I'm I I actually have a big huge banner on the back wall of my, my room now because I love that image so much. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that was, uh, and then Mike McKay's produced it. So that, I was, I, again, really fortunate to have all those people say yes to, first of all, say yes to coming in on the project. And then not only that, deliver like such good performances every time I ask somebody to come in. And like, yeah. man, my favorite track, and I think most people's favorite track on the album is Hummingbird. And that would not have happened without Jen Brace. Like, my, the idea for the song was to kind of um, lose the rhythm guitar and just kind of use vocal harmonies as the rhythm and uh i I, it just it just worked out so well i want to make a whole album that sounds just like that (laughs) that's cool did did, um so obviously coming in as mostly just an acoustic guitar did did mike help you out with the arrangements as far as the other instruments went or did you have the idea for that going into it i played most of the other instruments but i mean aside from bass and all that um mike did some of the uh keyboard arrangements and organ arrangements and uh i did the lead guitar stuff and um yeah as far as like arrangements of songs go we that was always a constant conversation of being like um, I don't think this needs as many musical bars. Like, it, this isn't really saying much or whatever. And, you know, uh, just kind of going over the song and trying to figure out what, how and what, which I think is a huge part of songwriting, too. And, he, and it was good to have another set of ears there. Uh, he mm-hmm. was all, like just a perfect sounding board. If I was like, I don't like that, he'd be like, I don't like it either. And we cut it out mm-hmm. immediately. Or if he'd be like, I don't really like that. And I'd be like, well, I really like it. He'd be like, all right, well, then I'll turn it up. Yeah, I've actually heard him say that exact same thing. But I think what's great about Mike, too, is um, one thing he taught me um for the whole recording process is you know i would always being the guitar player i always like try and add in these cool things and then he just said to me one day does it make the song better and i was like oh i never thought of looking at it that way and you know it's always stuck with me since yeah i just wanted to get this sick solo in 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. There's a lot of... Uh, it takes a bit of humility to record an album, obviously. Um, but Absolutely. Yeah, you, have, yeah. you, you have to... It's a lot of the times you walk away with your head in your hand or your hat in your hands going like, okay, yeah, I was wrong. You know, like, or yeah, that doesn't work. Or you thought he had the greatest idea in the world and we end up like cutting a whole song off the record. You know, like whatever. Right, it's right. just, that's how it, that's how the cookie crumbled. Uh, it's just it the, the nature of, well, I think, uh, making art too. So mm-hmm. there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, you asked, asked earlier about uh, anything on the horizon and it's funny you should ask. I actually am in talks with a studio in london currently so hopefully i can get my act together and uh get a bit of a budget going and uh, end up uh going out there i want to uh, re- try try and record a single and then release it okay. and see how it yeah. goes and yeah. then uh I'll, i don't know i'm still talking with mike too so i know yeah. i know what i can do with mike and i don't know what i can do with this guy in london i know i know what i can do with my buddy ben too so i've right, got options right. and you know what like you look at the back of a hip-hop album. Look at the back of... Actually, look at the back of, like, any rock album. Not a lot of bands stick with one producer through the whole thing, you know? No, they don't. That's uh, that's actually a really good point. Um, or even, like, stay in the same studio. Exactly. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm I'm up for... And, and this goes back to our conversation about streaming stuff, too. I think, like, mm-hmm. uh, before I think about making a physical release again, uh, first, <sighs> A, the world better not be on fire, because that was... Right. That was... <laughs> That, that didn't work out good but b um i think that uh like i maybe the way forward with streaming stuff is to really release songs in like chunks so release like a three song chunk of an album and be like here's the first three hope you enjoy yeah. them stay tuned for the next yeah. three or whatever um it's yeah that's a that's a really good point because uh I mean, my band is kind of, we're recording music right now and we've got a, you know, a bunch of songs and we've been talking like, well, how do we release this? And I don't mean like physical or digital. I mean, like, do we release one song and then, you know, uh, follow that up with like, you know, five other songs as part of an album or do we do like, as you said, chunks of songs or even like, let's do like one single a month or every couple, like how do you, it's so, it's so weird to kind of, you know, traverse the, the, the music right now like not music scene but kind of the music scene like how do you release music right now yeah you know i think again i I think that's what i'm going to do moving forward a because it's uh cost effective uh like that's true yeah right and if i if if the if the budget runs out after the first three well at least you got the first three (laughs) yeah that's a good point that's also a really good point and then have you thought about sorry to cut you off again have you thought about um uh, like like getting your own setup of recording and, and doing it yourself or is that something you're not interested in i'm just not apt i know myself i'm just not apt at it i'd love to be able to have like a good maybe a good mic and a good like uh tape recorder or something you know like a good setup like that but insofar yep. as like digital computerized like running computer programs i just know myself I'm not really good at it. I could I could learn it, but I don't yeah. want to invest the time that it would take into doing that. I'd rather just like pick up an acoustic guitar and yell my brains out at the walls. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just that's, yeah. I'm much more of a feel. I don't know. I'm 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 not I'm not so uh, so much on the technical aspect of of playing music or even like uh, when it comes to again um, promotion or all that stuff. I'm much more of just like. A, let's vibe man and 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 that's yeah. that's i picked that up in the past like 4 years from playing at bars and whatever like it think about 
I'm sure you've done this before too, and playing cover songs, and not to not to complain about getting gigs or playing in front of a TV, but man, it kind of sucks playing in front of like a TV that's playing the Leafs game or whatever. It's not really Absolutely, like yes. an artistic pursuit, but mm-hmm. so you kind of have to learn that to navigate that. You kind of have to be like. Um, how am I going to get people's attention? Okay, well, let's sing a song that everybody knows the words to, or let's yell at them and tell them to sing. You know what I mean? And eventually, right. what your set turns into by doing that over and over and over again, and trying to, you know, wave your wave your hands in the corner, and be like, no, listen, I'm pl- I'm singing. Yeah. You guys paid me to play songs here tonight. Yeah. Uh, eventually, that, what ends that... up happening is a either like get super drunk, or I've been doing a lot of a. I've been doing a lot of listicles here. This is like three in a row. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's okay. But like, you either either you know drink too much and sound terrible, or yeah. you get people to like pique their interest, or sometimes what magically happens is people like really get into it, and you have like the mm-hmm. best nights ever. And then like, and you chase that dragon for the rest. Of the- yeah. Uh, that for me is that was kind of one of the reasons that indie night uh, events started as well is you know there's a ton of great places in starting you to play but a lot of the times as entertainment you're hired as just that you're hired as entertainment and and background noise and that's what it works out to be the whole idea what for indie nights was promote the local area lambton county whatever uh and then i reached out to some other cities um but People come and pay buy a ticket because they want to hear, you know, whether it's your friends, family, or whatever, or just towards the last few shows. Anyway, we had people just coming in off the street that heard about it. So that was one of the big factors in 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 also doing it and f- seeking out the proper venue was that you wouldn't necessarily have to chase that dragon you're speaking of. It was just, you know, people wanted to see live music and support the live music scene that is original. And uh, and they would show up and do that, and you didn't have to. Worry. It, it ended up pre- being a pretty good night all the time. Generally, people came early enough to catch all the bands, right? And what's funny, so. what ends up happening when you when you get to a chance to perform to like an audience that that's not just there to eat wings and drink beer or whatever, right. is that right. like people actually do rec- you start to get a sense of like, oh man, this is what it's like to perform art and have mm-hmm. that 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 response to. And mm-hmm. like I played at Art the Park here in Petrolia, and I've been fortunate enough to play um, a couple like smaller concerts where I was opening up for people, but people were there to see music and there's a yeah. huge huge difference between the people that are there to see music and the people that are there to eat chicken wings uh, the trick right. is if you can get the people that are there to eat chicken wings to sing the to- chorus of <laughs> the waiting uh then yeah. you got it made you know yeah absolutely <laughs> and again it only so, happens every once in a while <laughs> yeah no you're right and that, again that's you know that was a big motivating factor is like uh, I tried to keep ticket prices at de- decent price, but I wanted bands to be paid and have that experience of like people are here to see me perform. So one, I kind of have to get my shit together yeah. uh, and actually put on a good show, um, and and you know have that feeling of being like you know a rock star for a second. You know, yeah, no, in a wicked. sense, that's that's what everybody wants. Yeah. Um, so I had heard a few months ago that you were back to like going back to uh what are you doing next or whatever i'd heard that you were potentially fronting a band 
Yeah, so um, that's uh, that's kind of gone. Uh, well, I've taken a break from it. Uh, I don't know how officially to say it. I'm not. I'm not going to do that anymore. Just solely because I'm starting to get busy with uh, writing again for for, <clears throat> for my new project. And right. and um, I, I, I we just bought a bulldog. I got I got two kids. Oh, yeah. I'm busy at home. You know, mm. like uh, it's. Uh, it was it was One too much of a commitment and it was barely a commitment and I knew that it would have been a problem like if if I was the guy that they were all waiting for oh Mike's not here Mike's not going to be able to make this practice or whatever and I didn't want to leave those guys they were all super talented guys and I didn't want to leave yeah. them in a lurch and so yeah. I, I just had to be honest with Tim and say I'm not going to be uh, I'm I'm not going to be a part of this anymore but all all the luck in the future and. Uh, and uh, and you know what? Those guys are super talented, and they will have luck, and I'm sure they'll find the right fit. I just couldn't commit time-wise because I had my own my my own thing going on too. Yeah, I so I'd seen a couple of clips like uh, Keith uh, Keith Pierce plays in the in the band A Million Ghosts, super and I'm actually uh, yeah, he is. I'm actually doing uh, producing and recording an album for them right now, and uh, and he was over the one day, and he was talking about it, and then showed me a video, and I was like. And then, I mean, like, I think a couple days later, you and I started talking about doing this podcast or whatever. So, but yeah, so I was just wondering what was going on with that, but yeah, no, that's, uh, I would have loved to have had, uh, uh, both of the projects on the go, but realistically I I could, I couldn't manage that. I don't know who could, um, especially with a full-time job and, and all that. And it sucks. I, and you know what, what really sucks is that we, we, those guys, well, um, here, I'll, I'll, I'll explain it li- this way. It wasn't my project to begin with. What appealed to me was that I could come in and write lyrics and, okay. and melody, but basically okay. have a fully formed song put in front of me. And, yeah. uh, and that's what the project was. Um, yeah. But then we had some uh, lineup changes and things kind of fell to the wayside. And during that time, like, I was still writing all my own stuff. Um, yeah. So I just I I don't know I just I kind of wanted wanted to keep moving and uh, and then they got back together and they wanted to keep moving too and I kind of realized that those two wheels in motion were going to be a little bit too much for me so I I stepped oh, yeah. down from that role but uh, again all the power to those guys a super super talented group of individuals and I'm sure they'll they'll do very very well. Do you I mean I guess I don't know how often you've had it done but you touched on having like a fully formed song presented to you and you just write lyrics. Is that something, um, do you like that idea a bit more than writing it yourself? Cause uh, again, you are, you are your own worst critic. So if you come up with a riff and, and you know, you're putting lyrics to whatever you're, you're a little bit more judgmental of maybe the whole aspect of it, as opposed to, well, I only have to write lyrics and a melody to this. Is there one you kind of would prefer? It's a great question um, because, and that, and again, that's the only reason why I got involved in the project in the first place was because I wanted to challenge myself as a writer to be able to write something that was good and and that um, uh, that I didn't write the music to. But I I also really like playing guitar. Yeah. <laughs> and again, like I have I. As much as I want to be a rock star at 36 years old, I don't know. I might some that might that ship might have sailed. Like I don't know if I have the breath control to scream as much as I want to on stage. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think I don't think actually we uh, we about a year ago we had a um, uh, 
a, a chance to do a management deal and uh, a comment about age was made by by this management person and like oh you know you're you're running out of time or something like that it was like fuck that like i don't think just going to that point i don't think uh i don't know if there is a a, a shift i mean i guess from a perspective of like you have a family and a job blah 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 but like as far as like is it too late in one's life to start doing that and trying to like make something out of it i don't think that ever that ship ever really sails oh that's and and, uh yeah you're right Uh, and i guess more to my point about not being able to scream and yell out there i'll definitely be able to scream and yell out there until i'm dead and i'll do it Uh Uh, um But I'll do it in my form, which is right. which is playing an acoustic guitar really, really hard, and mm-hmm. and you know getting excited by making sounds with the sound that I'm making. I guess that's mm-hmm. that's more of what I was getting at. But yeah, I I, I agree. I, I I worded that the wrong way. I, no, no, no. I no. I just <laughs> because I do to think jo- to to feel like you're getting a little bit old. That's a lot of the subject matter on my last album was aging, and I find even writing the new songs, the new group of songs that I'm writing now it's still coming up like do you, are are your new group of songs like vastly different i mean i'm sure they're the same style but like the 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 uh lyrical content are they kind of like vastly different because you're at a different period in your life uh yeah yes and no i feel like any good writer usually has like a common thesis that they they keep throughout all their writing and some mm. of that is uh for me I, I mean it's the passing of time and it's you know um it used to be like income inequality and the and the and the wage gap that used to really drive like light a fire under my ass, and now it's more like I don't know, just like I wish. I most most of the thesis statement, most of the most of my ideas come from like I wish I had more time, you know. Oh yeah. This is yeah. just like simply put, we should. It's more. It's more about like just time, the passing of time, wanting time. Right. Um, right. Yeah, I muse about that a lot. Um, are they different? I, yeah, they're a bit different, and they're and they look at time in different different ways. But I do feel like, and again, I I think that most most writers usually have a couple themes that they go back to um, all, all the time. Like, and right away, a person I think of is like Isaac from Mod- Modest Mouse. If okay. you, you can yeah. start with his first album and go right through to the last album and read all the lyrics, and they all still relate to that common point of like being lost in the universe, yeah. and it's they all somehow come back to that. Or Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails, it, there was an arc where he went through a heroin addiction, and you can actually yeah. see it on like how much more how much more transparent can you be than the downward spiral? <laughs> right, right. You know what I mean? Right. And then like. Yeah. Uh, and then, like coming back with like super triumphant albums like The Fragile and and mm. uh, with Teeth and and all that and when great he got, album when he yeah both of them, uh, all his entire body of work incredible stuff like and, and yeah. so inspiring and so mm. makes you want to be like I can, I want to write like that why can't I <laughs> I want to be like I want to be as cool as those guys yeah um, not to say that I'm playing uh, Trent Reznor's form is not an acoustic guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, with with Gord Downey being like one of your your main influences, do you do you like I uh, like I wasn't always the biggest hip fan. I will admit that uh, I'm more of like an I'm Mother Earth guy. Uh, but I thought Gord Downey was a great lyricist, like uh, a great poet. Like, so do you try to make your are you? I shouldn't say try, but. 
do you find your lyrics are more abstract and poetic like his or are yours more transparent and to the point uh yeah that's a tough that's a great question but it's a tough one um because uh for as much we've been talking for 57 minutes and i i <laughs> I don't know. It's weird to talk about yourself and, and your lyrics. It's great to, to do this and reflect on it, but I, I, I don't try to, like, emulate his stuff. It's funny that you ask. I'm actually staring at lyrics right now that I lifted, like, three lines from him today. <laughs> it happens, though. Yeah, like, like, straight up, like, and I'm kind of doing it in, in like, uh, homage to him or whatever. And this, this right. song, actually, that I'm writing, this is the one that I'm going to record. Um I've also got like the last little bit of Jack Layton's open letter to the Canadians right when he passed away. Um, okay. as like the kind of reprise at the end. And it's, I yeah. feel like it's super powerful. So, and, uh, but again, it's a song about like the passing of time or whatever. I, I don't, he, yeah, you're right. He was super abstract, but he was also, um, I don't even know what the right word is for it. He wrote some of my favorite lyrics and that got me through so many dark periods of time in my life where mm-hmm. I don't know. I, it was like, he was talking to me. It was like, that's, it was like when I listened to, um, leave off of inviolate light, I, even mm-hmm. still, I still get the same, uh, like I've got goosebumps even saying the word off of like, I, that's how powerful that song was for me. Unlike the, the darkest nights, you know, like just listening to that song and hearing him say where there's love, there's hope. And it's right at right. the crescendo of the song. And you're like, right. okay, well, I guess I'll be all right. You know, yeah. um, he was not only abstract, but he could tie in like um, really, really hard human concepts uh, yeah. very simply uh, put. Yeah. And, and again, if you want to talk about, if there's anything that I picked up from him, I hope at least it's the it's like the study of uh, phonetics and how to how to fit words into verses more so right. than more so than like lyrical content. The actual yeah. like syllabic and the, and the whatever the the the, um, uh, the cadence of his voice, the way that he made it flow through through words. Like think about seven hundred foot ceiling. I don't know if you mm-hmm. know that song off the top of your head, but like. The chorus of that song, he fit the words 700-foot ceiling and made it sound like water, you know? Like, it's so, so perfect. It's so perfect. (laughs) It's like... A sign of a a great musician, I think, you know, to be honest. Like, even being a musician and you you kind of scratch your head at when you hear things like that or, you know, it's like, how, how the hell did they do that? I don't know. And it drives me nuts. And I've got this entire body of work that I can study for the rest of my life. And it's a yeah. damn shame he passed away. And we, we all miss him. I didn't know him personally. So it's a bit trite to be like, I miss him. I miss him a lot yeah. because there's a lot of people that really miss him a lot more than I do. But um, right. I've, I've loved, I loved his music, man. It affected me in a lot of really intense deeply personal ways and i'll never uh get the chance to say that to him which is kind of tough but again maybe you're not supposed to meet all your heroes uh, yeah have you, have you ever met anybody that you really adored and then afterwards be like oh that guy was kind of a dick uh i don't think so like i've met the guitar player from my mother earth quite a few times and he's always been super cool uh I honestly, I'm gonna say no. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, so. I, I've never really come across anybody who like, like, I'd love to sit and have a coffee with Hoxley Workman or, um, mm-hmm. you know, like, 
But I think there's also a danger in that. Like, maybe I built it up in my head so much that, like, even if I met Gord Downey in the end, would he have met my expectations? Probably not. He probably would have been, like, getting a text message. I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? It would have just been, like, every other human being in the world. I don't know. We build it up so much in our heads that, like... Well, you perceive him a certain way, and, you know, he's probably not that way realistically. Yeah, this is a a weird... We went a weird way with this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Uh, Back to your album, though. I just have a couple more questions. I guess... uh, I think you may have said it. Was it... Actually, I'm going to forget now, but what is the song you're most proud of? Or that if if you had to tell somebody, um, I don't know... To, if you had to sum up your the album in one song, or somebody should check out this song to to kind of get the gist of the album, is there one on there that stands out to you that you could give to somebody to say, you know, this is kind of it. yeah. I guess it would be uh, Hummingbird would be the would be like the main. Well, that was like kind of the anthem of the record. But for me, okay. The one that came across, the one that translated the best for me was Lax Empathy. And that's the one okay. that, like, when I play it for everybody, they kind of look at me like I got three heads. And I'm like, no, I'm serious. This is my favorite song on the record. And people oh, okay, I guess. They don't, they don't really get it. But, like, that's the one. Like, And honestly, Harold, that would be the one that I'd be like, uh, if when I die, just play, just play, just play that song. That's, that'll tell you everything you need to know. Um, is there is there a song on the album that you weren't sure about adding that has now grown on you a lot? That's a that's an even better question. Um, I wasn't sure about adding. So I the f- or just like maybe you not not necessarily not sure about adding, but like it was like uh, I could be either way with this song. Uh, the first song that I wrote for the record was the Big Man, and that's the one that I skip all the time now. Like that's the one that I'm like I don't know I don't I, that was. I was so proud of it when I wrote it. I thought it was like, oh, this is brilliant. Listen to this and played it for everybody. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's great. And then, I don't know, it just not. And it wasn't anything to do with the way we recorded it or whatever. It's just the way that I have the way that I feel about it now. I'm just like, I don't know. I just it sounds I don't know. It's again, I I went a different direction with this and wrote a little bit more personal lyrics instead of just like being angry all the time. I tried to make it a little bit more, I tried to use like convention in English language and use like, um, contradictions and, um, different, uh, little, little things, little tricks that you can use. And like, if there's some Easter eggs in there, but like, <clears throat> and the big man definitely has them in there too. Um, if you're paying attention, uh, like the last verse, <laughs> but like, uh, I don't know. There's, um, I, Man Made Lakes is a good example of a song that like I would I wasn't sure if that would have been even on the record, and right. uh, and it turned out to be that's one of my favorites. But that has a lot to do with Mikey Beauchamp's bass part too, and Kayla Mason playing violin on it, and just the way that it all came together. And it feels like campy when you put it on. I don't know. Feel like a campfire. Ah, it's it it translates to me in a way that like I never pictured it. Um, mm-hmm. Even though, like, the way that the song was written was totally about, like, being next to a lake and basically out camp. I wrote that song about being out tree planting out in B.C. Okay. in 2004. Um, but, yeah, it, it was, um, yeah, those two, I guess, those are the ones that uh, that made it on there kind of sneak. Well, the big man didn't make it on there, but the big man, uh, I don't know, could have made it off, I guess, in the end. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, man-made lakes. Yeah, that one uh, was an old song that I wrote uh, that I revisited for this project, and I'm really glad I did because it translated really well. Awesome. 
Uh, so I guess the last couple questions in, um, so you said you do have some CDs. So is there a place online anybody can buy them off you if they wanted one? Uh, they could just like, uh, my Insta profile is public. So like you could just DM me, uh, at the Mike Gallant show, um, on Instagram or the Mike Gallant show at gmail.com. And if you're local, I'll get a hold of you. And if you're not, I'm travel through Ontario all the time. My parents are still in North Bay. So I could, I could, I could drop it off at some point, uh, physical copies. Yeah. And I'm streaming online on right. at the Mike Gallant show on uh, Spotify uh, and every other streaming service too. And and also I've got another album, uh, it's just under Mike Gallant, and that's my first album. It's called The Inventiveness of True Ignorance. Okay. I think I saw that one actually when I was looking up your stuff. Is that one on Bandcamp or uh, was it SoundCloud? Yeah. Uh, the, well, I sent you the link for the SoundCloud for Wild and Free on SoundCloud. I don't know if The uh, Inventiveness of True Ignorance is on it. It might be. Uh, I, maybe it was one. I think I saw a video of you on youtube possibly like and it was oh fuck where was it i can't remember now i saw a video of you like doing like a live recording in a studio oh yeah, you know yeah. What i'm talking about yeah that was okay. uh that was a cover of uh, not a cover that we tried to do a uh, nostalgia and that was um a local photographer here uh Joe Gorsman, he did a great job with that too. It's uh, oh, we, okay. we we didn't. It wasn't like a professional audio studio, so we, the take that we got is the take that we got, and then he tried to just kind of fit the images around it. So it, the lyrics and the or like the the playing and the audio track doesn't really sync up, but I, it's pretty cool. Oh, okay, okay. It's, I thought it was something else. Yeah, no. I, I did see your other pro, your other album though. Uh, actually, now that you mention it, what why is it the Mike Galancho? Is it? Oh yeah. Is there... That's funny. Yeah. So, I I don't know. I don't. I, I don't really care what anybody's political leanings are. Honestly, I I think it's funny when people call themselves a thing. Like, for a good example is like Ford Nation when the Ford brothers were uh, oh, okay, politicians. Yeah. And I just think like, how come on? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's like uh, I don't know. I I I just kind of. I, so the Michael Lynch show is kind of. Uh, uh what's the word i'm looking for not not ironic but it's kind of like making fun of that of that kind okay. of it's not supposed to be anything serious and and the way that spotify's algorithm works i had to capitalize everything but the way that i do it is all lowercase to kind of diminish the the um i don't know the power of the of like capitals in in the thing or whatever yeah. just make it look yeah. like make it look small and uh, yeah, it's it's just more of like a poke fun on it. It's definitely not like a serious thing. And then it was also actually born out of like a. Do you remember MSN Messenger? I do. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, okay. I, I think I kind of see it now. Yeah, it was born yeah. out of like a of one of those one of those names, and then it just stuck for a long time. And it was actually my buddy Blake that came up with it, and uh, we just thought it was hilarious. So, uh, I used to visit him in Ottawa all the time from North Bay, and he'd be like, "The Mike Gallant show is coming to Ottawa this weekend," and then we go <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> rip it up at the bar. <laughs> That's funny. That's pretty funny. Uh, so then uh, you obviously do you have a I know you have Insta, Instagram um, for your material, but your Facebook, do you have like a dedicated page for your music or is it just your personal? I, I started one so you could go and look at a blank page that says the Mike Gallant show. I never got around mm. to finishing it. But if you just look at my personal profile, add me as a friend, whatever, Mike Gallant. Uh, let's do it. You'll see me. I'm playing guitar. We're, we'll be friends. <laughs> awesome. All right. I will link all this stuff in the uh, description of the podcast. 
But I think that's all the questions I have for you. Wicked, man. Well, thank you so much for this. This was a lot of fun. This was, uh, no problem. This was wicked. And I really, really appreciate what you're doing with the uh, Sarnia Indie Night stuff. And hopefully once the once everything gets back on track, I can come out and uh, play a gig. And, uh, yeah, we'll party. Absolutely. Uh, I think I think when, you know, it's it's okay to do that stuff. Uh, I know a lot of people would, would jump at the chance now to do it. I think everybody's just kind of fed up, but, uh, yeah, as soon as it's, uh, good to go and I, and I grab another venue, then would definitely like to have you on and I would probably make a weekend of it or something like that. So I can't wait. I, be great. And again, thanks so much for this. I, I really appreciate it. And I appreciate what you're doing for the local, music scene and and all that man it's uh it's a tough undertaking i'm glad somebody's doing it and if you ever need any help give me a call i i definitely probably would take you up on that <laughs> right on man all right i'll uh i'm just gonna hit stop on on this but uh thanks again so that was my interview uh local musician based out of petrolia uh very folk roots uh, that kind of sound. He's uh, Mike's got a great voice. His lyrics are really, really interesting as well. Um, you know the way he makes them fit into to songs, which is, um, you know, maybe a lot of people don't realize it's uh, it it's it's a difficult thing to do at times. Anyway, um, check him out on Spotify. Uh, add him on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, he does those Saturday night jam sessions. There's some posted as well on there. I don't know if he's still doing them. But uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in. And uh, there will be more of these shortly.